Champion bachelors Craig and Greg present a myriad of topics centering on relationships and addictions in the positive lights of experience, strength, and hope. Both have struggled with the strongholds of addiction and with relationships that went awry, and both have emerged on the other side, stronger, wiser, and better prepared to become what they once set out to be. You're listening to The Solution. Hey, welcome to The Solution. I'm your host, Craig Dolan, and with my co-host, Greg Carter. Hey, Greg, how are you doing tonight? Greg, Craig, how are you doing tonight? Oh, man, couldn't be better. We got us a special show, don't we? Yes, we do. Josh is in the house. He's in the house on every show, but today he's with us at the round table. Hello. Oh, boy. Josh. (laughs) Hey. Hey, Craig. Hey, Greg. Hey, how you doing, Josh? Thank you so much. It's great to be on the side of the microphone. We're glad to have you because we get to talk about your love life and how... That's be a short show. Yeah, well, how the things we've been talking about, <laughs> how they've helped you, right? Yeah, I've been, as you know, technical support on the show and um, it's been fantastic. But it's interesting how timely these topics have been and how much they've helped me sort of look into my past and, and, and learn from some of the things I've experienced and also helped me in the present too in dealing with friendships and relationships, so... Right. So thank you. It's an awesome show. Absolutely. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you here. But the thing is, it'll be fun to just see what things that we've talked about have actually helped. Because we basically took from three different books. We had the Corey Wayne, 3% Man. 3% Man. Yeah. Yes. 3% Man. We had the Gary Chapman with uh, Life, Venus, and Mars. And we also had Love Tactics, which talked about the house and friendship being the you know, the bottom floor, what you build upon. I wish I had known that as a younger man going into some of my first relationships. And I wish I'd had that information. Well, let's start out with you, Josh. Let's, let's get this going. And, you know, because right now, give us, a, give us a description. Tell us what your situation was like and who you were dating and how the methods helped you. I'm not seeing anyone right now. And um, I'm having a great time taking some time for myself and um, really trying to... Um, find my, my balance and, and listen to my, the voice within and, and find what it is that is going to fulfill me that is not coming from anyone else. And I think that's been really important right now. But in general, I've, I guess you could say I've done all right with women and my romantic life has maybe been qualified by a series of long-term relationships. I've had maybe eight girlfriends in my life and they've been from two to five years. And then I've done a little bit of dating, which I, I don't really enjoy. And I've also been married twice. And yeah. so... Um, and right now I'm single and uh, ready to mingle. No. <laughs> well, are you, I'm enjoying it. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I know um, a few months ago, I don't know, I would say what, four or five months ago, you had a relationship yes. with a gal. And um, yes, we were talking about this. You were saying that those principles kind of helped you or you learned a lot through them and then you, you uh, applied them to the situation at the time. Correct? Yes. Um, maybe Maybe somewhat... A little late, you know, not as effectively as as I might have, but there was something to be learned there as well. So yeah, the most recent person I, I dated had some antisocial personality traits, let's say, maybe some some narcissistic ones as well. The cluster B okay. um, abnormal psychology, but not to you know judge anyone else, but, but she was definitely there. And uh, I was coming out of like almost being celibate for a couple of years because I had was divorced from my second wife and had moved back to Iowa. Um, after uh, some time in Massachusetts, 
with my ex-wife and um, wasn't dating anyone. And um, a friend of a friend set me up, did sort of like a matchmaking thing with this with this woman. And um, everything seemed exciting and positive at the beginning. And then some weird behaviors came to light and things just kind of unraveled. Um, and I found myself very confused and dismayed. So, so what were what were some of those weird behaviors? And let's describe the first 24 hours of that relationship. Yeah, we met at a party, and um, my friend was sort of saying, oh, you, you should meet my my friend. Um, Call her Ted. Ted? Okay. <laughs> well, she was rather manly, but... Uh, oh, boy! No, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I met Ted at a party, and, and people were intoxicated, and it was just a house party. It was, like, right at the beginning of COVID. I think it would have been pretty stupid, actually. We were, like, in close proximity without masks, come to think of it, but we were all learning about that, and um, anyway... This young woman was very charming. Actually, it was right after the derecho, I think. And um, I was asking her what had happened to her place. And coming to find out, she said she was homeless and had been for a while. And oh. so um, that kind of played on my knight in armor or my complex that to be a rescuer. It's one of my scripts, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing over and over. Anyway, um, we were found ourselves alone in a, in a closet and... Um, she told me she wasn't married, and one thing led to another. And um, In the closet at the, the party? Closet. Yes. Um, it, it was a big closet, and people were sort of smoking in there, let's say. And, oh, okay. Um, yep, yep. My friend, my friend um, had a black light in, in the closet, and I was like, oh, let's try this black light on. And so we turned that on, and so one thing led to another. And um, I, I, w- I was kissing a young woman, and um, I um, wanted to be a gentleman, and so my intention was to... Um, I found that I was liking her from the conversation, so I wanted to see her again, not do too much. Okay. And I, I just asked for her phone number later and, and asked if I could call her. And, but um, she would, she kept repeating that she wasn't married, and and I was saying, well, that's great. <laughs> neither, okay. Neither am I, but my wife is. But no, but um, and then she, um, <laughs> oh boy, she started hiking up her her dress, and I realized she was showing me her her bare body and i you know she showed me everything and wow. i was just i don't know why she was doing or didn't at the time right um and that was a very exciting um night well she was charm she was charming then you thought she was very charming <laughs> i th- i think now obviously she wanted me to i guess make love to her right there in the closet but oh, i'm boy. kind of glad that right i don't know how i feel about that because if that had happened well that maybe the i wouldn't have had to suffer some of the more negative things that right because if that would have happened that would have killed the deal right Knowing me, usually, I, I usually, don't know. Well, who knows, right? Yeah, right. I shouldn't say it. I right. can't speak for you. It probably would have accelerated things for sure. Or or, or maybe I'd been um, ensorcelled and been become her, her mindless thrall. I don't know. Okay, so you guys, then you left. You guys yeah. left each other at the party. That was it. Okay. Was. She was staying with my friend. Okay. okay. Without, without home. Didn't you guys quickly move in together? Yes. So, so someone accidentally, she, she continued with the narrative of um, being homeless. Uh, it turned out. However, that she, well, she was, she wasn't married, but she did have a boyfriend and she was living with the person at a nearby, a trailer park that was near to the, the apartment I was renting. She had not quite broken up with that person. I, it came to light. And so times we would have uh, an argument and it felt like sometimes she would sort of fake an argument or trump up some crazy making thing that didn't make any sense just so there'd be this sort of big blow up and she could storm out and, and disappear for, for hours or, or a day or, or more. And that was one of the places she would go. I think is she would go to this boyfriend's um, trailer and she would go to his liquor cabinet and so on. 
and then come back to me and, and apologize. And I'm so sorry. And I quickly became under the impression that she's, she's a little bit nutty, more than a little nutty. <laughs> a little nutty, but, but <laughs> yes. what were you taken in by her? Yes, I have to say she was, um, to me, a very, very attractive and, and very sexy woman. And, and I, I, we had sex um, the very next time I saw her after the party. And so um, she, yeah, my love language is, is, has been at times the physical touch. And so for better or worse, I, I sometimes feel loved, more, more loved through, you know, um, touching and, and kissing and um, having sex with with. Um, a lover makes me feel loved, and that is um, a fallacy, it's, to say the least. It's not the best logic. You were talking about earlier that uh, when she walked by you, she, she touched your shoulder. Because I think this had to have had a big impact on the next month, because you felt like a lightning bolt was going through you. Yeah. You had mentioned that one of your love languages was touch. Yeah, at this party, this house party, there weren't too many people there, but... We- was talking to people in the kitchen and she walked past me behind me and she just touched me on the shoulder for no real reason other than to you know i guess to to make it clear that she was touching me on the shoulder or she liked me mm-hmm. and i turned around and she it was that joke of haha i'm not on this side i'm walking around this other side of you like mm-hmm. you touch the opposite side that they're going to or you're oh, okay you know the thing so i and i turned around and she wasn't there and i look back and she's smiling at at me just such a like open friendly smile but when she touched me it was like this electricity went through my spine and it was like a very tangible sensation of like wow like i just it just felt so real like i i just had to get close to this person mm-hmm. and um and she was like that she was very somatic and she knew the power of touch and especially I guess what it could do to me when she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you felt <laughs> by her, yeah, reaching out, yes, just touching the, getting intimate. That, but beyond that, that, though, she said she loved me, and she how, said I never say this to anyone, but I, I, I love you. Wow, how soon did she say? <laughs> how soon did she say she loved you? Oh, uh, the next the morning after we we got together. So how long was that after your first encounter of meeting in the closet? Uh, less than a week. Okay, less than a week. She yeah. said she loved you. So my friend brought her over to me, but and she, I get this weird message after she dropped her off, and she says she did weird things over here. She took things. She wrote graffiti on my desk. She don't trust her, but I'm not a um, a blocker. She says, and so she says that you made her um, have, have, have aching aching loins, if you will. She used other words, but um, okay. And, and and so I'm I'm bringing her to you. Is that okay? <laughs> it's like no, not uh, okay. But, so, I, but I get the message. I wonder what qual- qualities that she, you were displaying that she was falling in love with. Do you think, what do you think? I had her laughing a lot. So I have a clownish side and I was getting into my like costume making phase. So I was wearing weird, um, I had like this weird um, mask at the time probably. And I was sort of talking off and on in a, uh, in a German accent and I had her laughing Pretty good. and um, So laughter, pretty yes, much. I think I was, I was about as charming as I've ever been. She may have felt very secure with you, too. I think so. Women need to feel that. Later on, I found out, I feel that she was a so narcissist. Was it a, was it a red flag when she uh, said, I love you, right away? It should have been, shouldn't it? <laughs> well, no, I'm not, that's should up to been. you. That's not up to me. That's what you felt maybe at the time. Well, well, she. I thought it was nice. I didn't think she, I was pretty sure she didn't mean... The whole stereotypical love and, you know, we put on the blinders and you're, you're for each other 
or only or something. I didn't feel that that was what she was saying. So I didn't, I didn't think as much of it as I maybe should have. And I didn't say it back, but I, I think I asked what we were to each other. And she paused and she said, girlfriend. I was like, wow. Okay. I'd be honored to be your girlfriend. No. Um, I think I, I jokingly said, yes, I'll forsake all other, the company of other women. So in favor of you. And she didn't say that same thing. Okay. Then, so, but basically I was trying to give her, um, I wanted to help her out and it was a weird, almost awkward coincidence that I also was attracted to her and wanted to date her. I wished that I could have helped her out with some other place to stay. And then we could have been on more equal footing. Cause I felt like if she was staying with me, how could that ever <laughs> work out as a relationship? Because she would at the very most feel like inadequate or, or something. I knew this it was trouble, but I, I said, you could stay. If you really have a place to stay, you can come and go and no strings attached. And is it okay if I like you too? So that was kind of my initial position, but she kept insisting that she loved me and, but her actions and later words and deeds did not live up to that. So unfortunately, well, let's talk about some of those yeah. actions and later deeds that uh, led you to believe that she had more than two or three traits of narcissism. Yeah. Um, she stole from me. <laughs> I caught her stealing and she tried to gaslight me. She, she would try to make me disbelieve my own memory and my own perceptions. And, you know, I, I, I like to party, but I, or I did at the time, but I knew what was, what had happened and what hadn't. And I, and I just, just like, it started to come to, to, to dawn on me that this was like someone, unlike some, anyone I'd ever met actually. So she was very entitled and, um, she was, she'd become very angry if we had any kind of disagreement, no matter how trivial. Um, this rage could could come out, but then it would also leave as quickly as it had come. Give me a quick example, like if she would gaslight you. I was selling some uh, vintage toys at the time, trying to get my, my businesses going, doing that, and um, I had some some money from selling some Star Wars toys, and uh, I I shared some with her and said, "Let's go, you know, pick up some." You know, she liked to drink this, this cinnamon whiskey. And so I was like, let's get some of your supplies and let's party. And I gave her um, $40 or something because I knew she was, she claimed she was looking for a job at the time um, and had no income really. So anyway, here I was with this homeless woman with no income who loved me already, right? There's no red flags there. Anyway, she, when I left the room, she took some, some money that was on the desk there, disappeared. It was like $80. When I came back in, I was just like, where's the money? Did did I drop it? Did you pick it up? And so I wouldn't, cause it was right there. I mean, it, it was literally, I was only out of the room in the bathroom, like two minutes. And I was like, wanted to look for it. So I started looking and I said, I was baffled that she was not budging a muscle was not helping me look for the money. Right. Right. And I didn't think the last thing I thought she would have taken it at this point. Um, and about 20 minutes went by and I was just thinking, why are you not helping? Um, and I looked high and low for that money and it became clear both through her inaction and, and the fact that I wasn't finding it, that she had taken the money. And oh. and then she, she said, I'm not going to help you. You know you lose everything. Wow. You, you lose everything, <laughs> she says. And I was like, you don't know me that well or at all. And yeah, I mean, right. I misplaced things, but I never told you that. You don't know that. And, and I and seeing her already misplaced more than one thing, including a couple of phones. Um, she could not keep a phone. Um, her wallet. 
hats, shirts. So, so when she said to you, so when she said to you, mm. you lose everything. Yeah, you lose everything. Well, was that that you. was a form of gaslighting right there, wasn't it? Yes. It was trying to, because gaslighting is trying to make you not trust in your reality, correct? Yes. And that was a weird, that was one of the weirdest things someone ever, no one has ever tried to gaslight me before that I was aware of anyway. I wasn't even thinking about that term. And she said, well, you're looking up the chair leg and stuff. I'm not going to, you're looking in crazy places. I'm not going to help you look. And she's, I got to go. And she left and she went on a hike to go. I think she was getting some, some marijuana product. And so she took the money, I believe, and went and bought this stuff. And she came back, um, four or more hours later, it was like two in the morning. And I was still looking mm-hmm. and I didn't say anything to her. And I was just like, I just went to bed and she I think, slept on the couch and, Next day, she said, oh, you're treating me so badly and treating me like dirt. And I was thinking, what? This is nuts. So then the money the money did turn up. Once um, I was in the bathroom and, and I, there was a folded up 20 just like right by the on the floor right next to the toilet as if I had been sitting there and it had fallen out of my pocket or something, which I know it hadn't because hours before I'd been scouring the place. And then curled, I saw something on the, on the um, carpet. Like it looked like a little pebble or something, a little green pebble. Mm-hmm. And I found, I pick up this little pebble and I start pulling at it. And to my amazement, it starts unfolding and unfolding into a, a $20 bill out of this tiny little thing. As if someone had learned how to roll money into the tiniest little pebble and stick it in their pocket so that if they stole money and then left a party, let's say, and were shaken down and someone patted them down, they would not know that that was money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Someone had been trained, but I don't know if that was the case, but, wow. um, and, and this weird behavior continued through the, um, about four or six months. That's as almost as if she took that money to recycle it or to re repackage it and put it out for you to maybe find. Yeah. In, in a weird way. And like I had, she, she might've kept what 20 or 40 of it. So yeah. she knew she couldn't maybe she knew I was on to her or felt like I was getting close because, uh-huh. you know, I'm not Columbo, but, you know, I know where I left the money on the table <laughs> and there's only two of us there. And oh, there it is. It's right where I looked. Might not be Columbo, but you are Barney Fife for that. That was good. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. <laughs> yes. And, and so she was trying to, trying to mitigate the fact that I, I knew I thought it was her or suspected her. But then it was funny. I said, hey, I found I found some money. What you know, what do you know? Just kind of. A little bit um, facetious there, and she said, "Oh, that's great." And then later, she ended up asking for it back because she owed the guy. Oh. <laughs> and so, what did I do? Okay, I gave it. I gave it back to her. Wow. And, yeah. And that's made me think about one of the things we've been talking about on the show is that we we teach people how to treat us, and so mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. putting up with certain things and you know not right. not setting yeah. a boundary, a very obvious boundary, right? <laughs> Don't steal from me, please. Well, right, right. <laughs> uh, that shouldn't even have to be explicitly said you wouldn't think but because um, during this time you, you i'm not saying you were at the height of it but maybe you were you're still developing were you still developing feelings for her or, or i think i was very hopeful at that time and i felt like i'd had spent enough time alone and i don't enjoy dating and i felt like this person had fallen into my path and i, I think i was just really had the blinders on there i think the, the fact that she needed a lot of help and i felt like i could help i found that very attractive and uh, or appealing anyway magnetic <laughs> almost and then yeah. she had this somatic kind of like physical thing where she she didn't talk a lot and when she did though it was 
well, usually negative and, and disappointing, but also but powerful though. But no, she she did a lot of, you know, she she was very very willing physically. Let's say so. She just kind of she just kind of swept me off my feet. I Do guess. you think so? In other words, she used sex as a weapon. Well. More like a net, <laughs> or as a tool to try to. Yeah, absolutely, know. yeah. I mean, I could, don't I you think, think she, Greg? Oh God, yeah. I I feel sorry. Just when you shared that with me before, they kept thinking, yeah, she's definitely using sex as a tool, like from in the closet when she lifted the dress up, right? Yeah, she's lifting that up as like she's baiting the hook, right? And she's, I know she right from the get go. I mean, in the closet, yeah, where the party's going and on. She's just doing what she knows, you know, and like, hey, I'm homeless. That's kind of sad. Actually. This is what I'm yeah. gonna get. And then you're a giver. She's a taker. I do that sometimes myself too. Want to want to fix or rescue somebody, and what that does, it gets us in trouble. And of course, we talked about the show one time. How do I teach somebody to? You know, how do I teach somebody how to treat me yeah. by what I tolerate? Yeah, you know. And well, so you're a teaching her by tolerating it, but yet in your yeah. mind, you're thought you're being nice, you're being caring and genuine, and. Yes. Yeah, and the sex can cloud our thinking. This is basically a tale of being duped because it happens so easily, right, in a relationship? Absolutely. Your emotions get sucked in, and when you have sex, hello. You've stayed with us this far, and that shows commitment, proving you possess the trait required to obtain the solution. Now let's rejoin the show already in progress. At the time, I was, I guess you'd say, self-employed and underemployed, and so, and she was unemployed, and so, two raging partiers with with, with no uh, uh, jobs to answer to could get in a lot of trouble, and, and we did some sessions that, I mean, I really enjoyed having sex with her, and she liked sex, it was obvious, and, and so, I don't know, if you've, if you've ever had someone make love to you for like four days straight, basically... It's a long you, time. You just don't forget that. I mean, you take breaks and stuff, but you, you make sure you stay hydrated. But you got to rehydrate. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's just something that it's really hard to forget. Um, and <laughs> so that kind of became the imprint on me that it was an indelible kind of like, of course, I was hopeful that it was going to work out. I mean, I didn't want to let her go for anything, but I, I, I took her to word that, that she was my girlfriend and um, I would give her rides to Muscatine and drop her off at her folks who were taking care of her young son so she could visit the son for the weekend. And then she would come back after Sunday and um, spend the week, most of the week with me. But again, she would fake these fights and, and go on long walks or she would go to like score some weed and then she wouldn't be back for eight hours. And I'd notice like her Facebook status would turn off. She would turn off the social media so that like almost like you couldn't track her. And it was, she would conveniently lost a number of phones so that she couldn't be found. And things just started... You know, to add up, and I realized, I think one time I told her, you need a stupider boyfriend because, you know, you go off on these walks and you, you think, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I know that what you're not telling me. And when I asked her where she was, she would say, okay, Dr. Phil. And I was like, yeah. you know, I'm just asking where you were. It was, I waited for you until five in the morning and then your Facebook status disappeared. Like, I know you saw me chat with, try to chat with you and you turned off and she's like, Oh, Facebook's so stupid. I mean, she would always, you know, divert and... and um, um, Boundaries are important is what you're going to learn in the end. Yeah. And so I would catch her in these things and I'd say, you, I, you're not allowed to cheat on me. You know, you're, you're not allowed to steal from me. And then in this one time, I knew she had cheated. She came back and like, 
her backpack fell open, and all these condoms fell out, and I was like, what is going on? And I almost feel like she was trying to get caught. And one time she, I think she even called me from someone's house when she was in the act, or I don't know, but I, I, I get Was there a headboard pounding while she was no, talking? No, but she called me up, and she's like, she was talking to someone else, too. Oh, and she's, right, right, she right. Said, well, she said, hey, daddy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that's not your father. Right, right. Um, so. Oh, it's almost like she called me up to, to to taunt, and I think that's like a meme on a pornography meme or something, right? Where you call your husband or your your oh when you're when you're cheating. So I don't know if that was what was going on, but it sure felt it was it was damn weird. Wow. But, um, and also, I still feel like this person Ted had more than one persona or, or, or different sort of aspects to her personality. Not to say that she was had multiple personalities, but kind of though she kind of would change. Yeah. Um, and she. She would start walking around like a guy, and she'd get real hard, kind of and cold. And I knew she was about to go to Muscatine and or betray me in some way. That was what I realized later, that this changes in behavior were signs that there was a betrayal about to happen. And so I can only take so, so much of it. But, so you had to, so yeah. so you knew, when did you know it was time, I, we got to pull the plug. You you know, when you thought to yourself, man, I got to pull the plug on this thing. Less than, less than two weeks in. I just like, this is, this, this girl's insane. And then she'd say, well, I just wish we could, we could have sex with each other. Like we'll never see each other again. And, and I want to make you a steak and, and, and have sex. And I was like, okay. So I'm, I'm, I was weak, you know, and um, I had been, I had been kind of lonely and I just really, really wanted it to work. And she would, she, she, I think she, the weird thing was, I think she did too. But then she had this other aspect of herself that seemed to be dire- acting directly against what her other side of her wanted and so it was really pathetic to actually watch this unfold and realize that she's she's crazy and she contains the seeds of her own undoing too because she's she'll never be able to be truly close to anyone because she was running this game on all kinds of different guys and i realized she had all these exes and she was saying they're crazy they're crazy and she was always playing the victim and i, and I well then she was telling some people that you were crazy oh, too yes. if she right. was doing that right and, and you could think it wait a minute all these guys weren't crazy and she had these crazy right. stories too about oh this guy my roommate chased me around the town and he had me cornered against the Casey side of the Casey's shed and I'm thinking yeah. you know why your stories don't make sense is because you never tell what you did that yeah. made the person act this way yeah. you never tell that do you and so yeah one one of her friends called me on uh, one night and said do you see my keys my Ted disappeared with my keys my car keys and the house keys and like are they there and and after talking to this this girl who I thought was her, Ted's best friend, she said she didn't really know her that well either. And that, um, that that I had been, she thought I was just her roommate and I was being referred to as the crazy roommate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, if I'm the roommate. Yep. Then, yep. And I knew she had never, she'd never broke up with her ex-boyfriend and, and, I, and she probably never broke up with any of these guys because later she tried to do that to me and sort of make me part of her harem and see if I would put up with it. Wow. So yeah, polyamorous, I guess Yikes. you'd say. To the yeah. Next, or, so, so when it finally ended with the police, it finally ended with her. Oh, yeah. She changed her address. Throwing stuff against things got broke. I asked uh, her to leave, and she said no. Would not. She ended up. She. I had the key. I got away from her, but when I left, I thought it was okay with the key. She barricaded the door. Yeah. And I couldn't get back in. She had literally piled furniture against my door, and I had to come back with the police and batter my own door down with a heavy all pike. Wow. To, to get her out. So. That was wow. where, you know. Yeah. It, but you think that, you'd think that would be the end of it. But you know what? I was so 
insane, enamored with this person, that I thought about it and I thought, it was all my fault. It was all my fault that she kicked me out of my own apartment and had to go to the courts and, and, and have a, a, a no-contact order so I could get her out. And then I had just put too much pressure on her, surely, because she was homeless wow. and, and, and she was damaged. And she'd never say she was a wonderful girlfriend. She just said she loved me. And so I put too much pressure on her, right? So it was my fault, guys. Come on. I well, mean, an empath, they, 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 they're bent on fixing, aren't they? I mean, obviously, boundaries is your final bit about that. You know how to apply yes. them, and and boundaries save you. Boundaries are meant to save people from crazy people. They also they they, they helped and they made it worse because every time I put a boundary down, um, she she look at me sideways and I'd cave. Uh-huh. I'm teaching her how to treat me right, which is badly, and right. she's picking poking more and more holes in my defenses. And she would have me crawling on her hands and knees, apologizing for her lovers. Um, like it was somehow my fault. Can you ever think of a time during it where your heart and your head were always just aligned with each other? Almost, almost never. I, I, I remember though the point when that finally happened. Um, she disappeared in the middle of the night without a word, like on a Wednesday, because she usually would stay the whole week. Um, but she started disappearing for longer and longer intervals. Anyway, I woke up and she was gone. I couldn't even get out of bed for the whole day. I laid there and another day almost went by like that. I was like, I'm going to lay in bed for five days until she comes back on Sunday. And so I think, no, drag myself out of bed. And I started writing her this letter. I wrote her this email. And in this letter, I, I spilled my heart about, you know, why are you doing this to us? And, and I care for you so much. And why can't this just be real? And please don't be fake. And um, when I was writing it, and I'm just imagining her reading it, I see her, like, in my mind's eye, she's looking on this thing I wrote, this, pouring my heart out, and she's just looking with complete indifference. And I just, I just started to cry and I, and I broke down and I feel like I really, um, all the, the connections between us just started snapping. I could feel them. And that was it. I was, I realized it wasn't going to work. And I, the love for me was real and it transformed me. And if she couldn't feel it, then that's, that's her problem. But right. I knew that, I guess at that point I, I, I tried for friendship and, and that she couldn't really keep that up either. Right. Because when you lie constantly and that's your way of surviving and you don't trust other people to tell you the truth. Cause if you're always lying, you think other people are, I think. And also you forget what you told one group or whatever. And that comes to light. And then right. Given the same situation, knowing what you know now, how soon would you end it? I think, I think much sooner because all that I went through with her, um, it was all, you know, I was warned by these red flags. And I, if I had heeded them, I wouldn't have had to suffer what I what I did and kind of go through all that. But I think at the time, it was like I chose to ignore the red flags, the warnings that were so obvious because I felt for some reason that I, that I needed this or I really wanted to have a relationship with this person. I really wanted it to work. So I, I was hopeful, very hopeful, and I was ignoring some really obvious signs that like, this person is, is not does not care about you and they do not have your best interests at heart and they don't care about a relationship. So they're not in it for the reasons you, you are and, and they're not playing the same game you are. So no, I would not do that again. So right. So your thoughts on red flags have changed dramatically or yes. grown much, right? I think, and I think I've changed and maybe because I, maybe I had to go through that in a way. I felt like I had to, even though I was warned I was kind of like, bring it on, because I just felt like I, I needed this for some reason. I guess I felt too much solitude and 
loneliness and plus I, I I just wanted to be in a relationship I think and I think I wanted I wanted her and I wanted it to work and I was determined to like drag her into the light kicking and screaming no matter how impossible it was and it was impossible because she was not she's not to be saved unfortunately I've always been this lonely romantic guy but I, I think if I can find it within myself if I could be all those things to myself that I thought I needed to look for in other people, then I'll be truly happy and, and find walking my path. And then if I meet someone, wonderful. But that's not what I'm looking for right now. So. I appreciate you saying purpose because purpose, Greg, I think, has the most byproducts of anything and everything, all, all, all in life, all encompassed. But to have your purpose has so many byproducts that the gal will appreciate that will you will appreciate it'll fill you up yes with, it'll just fill you up well josh thank you for coming and sharing your Definitely. story thank you man. thank you guys you're good friends this show's been so fun to work on too what a, what a great experience yeah well you've done a great job yes you have too. superb job thank you yeah you yeah so thank you thanks a lot listeners thank you for listening and uh you know, that's about it for tonight so you take care all right goodbye good night good night This concludes this episode of The Solution. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to check out our next episode. Send your questions and comments to Craig2042 at gmail.com. That's Craig with a C. Until next time, good luck and goodbye.